Welcome to Japan according to Akil. Everything you wanted to know, or didn't think you needed to know, about Japan. With me, your host Akil, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 108, which is a pretty lengthy episode.、Um, I talked. Our first topic, which is about、uh, race relations and things like that,、um, a bit more. I went, you know, the, got into some story time, a dark, dark story about my past. No, <laughs> no, no, no.、Um, I, I tell a story about something that I had some negative feelings toward,、um, about,、um, but nothing too serious, nothing too heavy, but related to.、Um, Foreign people, race relations. I try and give some insight. I think I did a pretty good job of summarizing it、um, for about half of the episode. Then, we, of course, we get a product review and we, get, we be clubbing. We be clubbing. Get a little ice cube. We be clubbing. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. But now、um, we get into.、Um, I finally give you a abbreviated list of some different places,、uh, clubs, and things like that in Tokyo, plus a link, of course, if you take a look at the description. We can go through it together. And, you know, I recommend you check these things out on YouTube and other, not only their website, not only their crappy ass websites with broken links, but also check it out on YouTube and other、um, different outlets as well to get a better feeling for the places. And I just kind of touch on my experiences and my knowledge, just a little, just a little sprinkle of it. So, but, all right, y'all. Enjoy. Yo ho ho. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, everyone. How's it going? We are here for episode 108 of Japan, according to Akil. Get settled in. We've got another meaty podcast for you, even though I'm going to try to you know, keep the time down just for myself. I got some other stuff I'd like to do. Tonight before going to bed, but um, and I gotta run to Costco tomorrow, <laughs> so <laughs> gotta make that Costco run, vroom vroom, you know, hop in the Batmobile and、uh, ride out. So, um, I'm gonna try to keep the time somewhat reasonable, um,、uh, but I do have, a, but you know, once I get talking, all things are out. The window, the only other the only thing stopping that possible gravy train is that I'm not drinking any alcohol tonight.、Um, I've been having, you know, a few glasses of wine the past few nights and a beer the past couple nights. So I'm like cutting back. Again, when I'm in the house, I don't really drink that much. And if I drink for like a few days in a row, I'm kind of like, all right, let's not get into Alki Town and, you know, scale it back a little bit. So I like to just, you know, a few days on, a few days off kind of thing. Not, you know, shitting on people who like to drink or, you know, have a nightcap every night. I'm, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing at all, but just for me, I like to,、um, you know, switch it up a little bit. So, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna get into everything. I'm gonna go pretty、um, speedy, speedily along into things.、Uh, last episode, again, was a really short one. I have a proper setup this time、um, on my sofa, and, you know, I'm, Somewhat vertical, my posture is good.、Um, the situation, the coronavirus situation in Japan really hasn't changed.、Um, you know, the, the media, the news is still freaking out over every new case. I'm sure you've probably heard. I haven't even kept track of the story. I'm not really going to. The Diamond Princess, Diamond Something, a cruise liner that's kind of,、um, I guess, you know, being quarantined off the 
coast of somewhere in Japan. Again, like again, I don't watch the news every day just because I know it's going to be nonstop coronavirus like um information all all day every day recycling and repeating the same shit. So, I just purposely avoiding it, but uh yeah, 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 there's nothing really new to say. Oh, the, it is. I didn't have an article. I I, I found the article, but I didn't pull it up. But you'll probably hear about it as this. I'll just monitor it as the situation develops. But now doubts are starting to be cast um, on the Olympic situation. Dun, 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 dun. So I, I was just funny because I was joking with my coworker. I'm kind of half hoping this like uh, virus situation does get prolonged, and you know there aren't that many crowds at the Olympics at all. People just stay home. Because it might save lives, actually. And if you heard me talk about the heat here in Japan, I really do think, like, if this situation gets prolonged and people don't, not as many people come here, I do think it's going to save a couple of people's lives. So in a backwards-ass, backwards-twisted kind of way, I'm kind of hoping, like, this situation gets prolonged. I don't know. But, you know, if it does get prolonged, then more people will die of the shit, even though it's, like, the regular flu. So I I don't know. It's, like, tomato, tomato, apples and oranges. So I don't fucking know what happens. But... But, um, yeah, we'll see what the fuck goes on. Hold on, let me get some water. I do have water. Mm. <clears throat> uh-huh. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. So that that's pretty much the only thing. Um, the, the I think the Japanese Olympic Committee expressed, quote-unquote, concerns over the, um, the effect of the games we're having in... Actually, this kind of ties into, I'm I'm going to jump straight into Rod. I'm going to jump straight into your question uh, because my man, our man uh, Rod messaged me again at questionsforakeel at gmail.com. Join the party if you want to hit me up and know anything. Um, but he asked me about um, possible xenophobia in Japan. Um, uh related to neighbors i'll I'll talk specifically korea I, I i talked about it a bit in the previous episode specifically south korea and uh china um and in i'll put it in the context of what this situation developing situation and as far as chinese tourists so mm, how do i explain this so i think japan is in kind of a bit of a pickle if you will, as far as like this this virus situation goes, and then I'll expand and go back onto the base the article that you um a Carlos Gone article, which is going to be in the description. I've added it to this as well. It's entitled "Carlos Gone Was Too Was Too Big Not to Fail." Really good article, actually. I, I skimmed through it. Um, the guy kind of hits uh, a lot of several points that I touched on on the podcast, but don't worry, I'll kind of review them as we go forward. But but yeah, in terms of um, for the way I see it, as far as like uh, the relationship with Japan and several of its immediate neighbors, specifically China and South Korea, I'm kind of seeing Japan is in a bit of a tricky situation right now because um, you might have heard me mention that in the past, Japan has been uh, even, you know, tourism has been steadily increasing over the years in Japan. And in the beginning, it was like, yay, great, awesome, we got tourists, this is dope, you know, we need the money. The economy is really flat over the past um, damn near two decades. And in the past maybe five, I'd say five to seven years, steadily you know, the number of tourists has been increasing. And more and more in, from uh, China, 
from South Korea. And it's been great for, you know, business, great for the economy. People are like, wow. But what's happened was, you know, Japan has this thing where Japanese people kind of like stuff. It's like it's like syrup on your ice cream. They like tourists and they like people coming to Japan, but they want just enough to make things interesting. You know, they, like, so if you keep pouring it on there, they're going to be like, whoa, whoa, that's enough. And they're going to start freaking out. Whoa, what are you doing to my ice cream? Come on, man. I want to taste the vanilla ice cream. You got fucking chocolate syrup all over the place. Like, that's kind of how I feel like they've been handling tourism here. It's like they want to turn the water off, you know, um, when it gets too hot in the kitchen. So that, that doesn't even make any sense. But, <laughs> but 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 no, seriously, it's just partic- particularly Kyoto from what I've heard. I haven't been to Kyoto personally since like 2007, maybe 2006, 2007, 2006. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's been 2006 was the last. So it's been like 14 years since I've been in Kyoto. Um and 11 years since I've been in Osaka, but from what I hear, those are mainly the, the main hot spots for Chinese tourists and, and Korean tourists as well. Pretty much like, damn, you're all tourists coming here. They're just like, man, fuck Tokyo, we rolling to Osaka. And um, from what I've seen on the news and heard is, you know, secondhand and just like Googling some shit, the, um, hold on one second, let me adjust this. Um, the the tour the tourism industry there is has become heavily dominated by this influx of tourists now in the beginning there was this you know once this virus situation happened the immediate of course whoa get these motherfuckers out of here type thing happened like that's kind of rod to directly answer your question i think that's the relationship i feel that people have with a lot of oh snap actually Actually, oh, actually, I'm going to put this in, hold on, let me let me stop this podcast right now because I just remembered another uh, article that I had that actually piggybacks into what I'm talking about and I want to make sure I get it in. Hold, so hold on one second, you guys. I want to just be semi-professional about this shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this actually, Rod, you remind, this, we're, we're actually getting on the sweet spot here. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kind of rushing through the content a bit, um, because I have some other stuff I want to get to as well. But, but yeah, um, again, the, the, what I was saying before is, you know, it's like the benefits of, of people coming in and things like that are great, um, in the, in, in the initial stages. But when, you know, I've noticed in the past maybe three or four years as the number of tourists continues to increase, increase, increase. There has been a bit of a blowback like, okay, that's enough, you guys. Y'all motherfuckers can stop coming here now, you know, because to, to and, and I don't know what's best. You know, I, I can't lie because I'm from America, which is just more of like a, no, no, no matter how much degree you say the melting does happen in america it is quite a melting pot and you know every there are like a a a wide variety of races creeds and colors living alongside each other and that's something like i've grown up used to and japan is just not like that at all right so japanese people are not used to being outnumbered they're not used to being minorities they're not used to walking down the street hearing people speaking different languages from them and the assumption that you know um, your environment is is suited towards you, 
It is just something people grow up with without ever questioning it at all. And that's why some people really, you know, want to get outside that because they feel smothered by that quote unquote wall of pillows, which, you know, is very comforting if it's like a blanket and you and you feel comfort there. If you're on the outside of that, it can be a bit different. But um, in some areas like Osaka, like, you know, Kyoto, you know, I've heard some offhand comments like, what is this? Is this Japan? Like, you know, things like that. Or is this China or thing, you know, whatever people say, again, not blatantly being racist. I think the outrage among Japanese people today comes from this isn't Japanese. You know, that's how I would summarize it. It's like very self discrimination and racist and I'll say discrimination, not necessarily. I I haven't experienced any racism, direct racism here in Japan, right? Just because I'm black or because I'm American people being like, I don't like you. It's more like you're not Japanese. So it's more xenophobic than racist, you know, and I, I don't really know where, you know, again, that's apples and oranges too. I don't really know where the lines blur between those things. And especially for me, because I think I've told you, it's like any discrimination I've gotten here is very much discrimination light compared to what I've experienced in America. So like that shit don't bother me at all. I'm like, that's all you got. All right, cool. Hey, whatever. Do your thing, whatever, whatever, you know? Um, so that, you know, that really doesn't get to me personally, but again, my relationship as a black guy from America isn't so much adversarial as it might be if, for example, I was from an African nation or if I was, you know, Chinese or Korean or something like that, you know, so I can't necessarily speak on it. I'm kind of like on the side a little bit. I have a few cards I can play, you know, again, um, being by bi being um, bilingual, for example, living here for a long time, understanding um, the nuances of, to a certain degree, not all of them, but to, to a certain degree, the nuances of Japanese culture and the manners, you know, so not being so abrasive when I do speak to people. Um, a lot of those things give me passes in situations where it might not work with other people, right? Now, um, so I'm not really the best source to speak on this, but what I do see is there's very much definitely an undertone in Japan of like that group think, you know, um, moving against people, if you will. And, and I've heard it kind of come up several times where, and again, that's why like the number of tourists, let's take Kyoto, let's take Osaka for instance, in the recent years, um, as the numbers have grown in kind of quote unquote, not quote unquote, but let's just call it smothering the, the natural peace in 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 Japaneseness of those areas. That's when the complaints come in, right? Because hey, this isn't a natural Japanese environment. What the fuck is going on here? And that's when kind of the censors of people start to come up, and people start to question, and people start to. But in the beginning, it's like, oh great, they they you know like one one thing i i don't think i've ever talked about this in japan uh on this podcast but for me when i think about and this is a very important thing to really understand about japan when i think about and try to explain hosp the concept of hospitality to people in japan um is it, is very important and um it, i think it kind of applies to this topic what we're talking about rod and what it is is okay in 
the West, and, and I think it's, again, in an ass-backwards way, kind of come full circle to answer your question, and I'll loop back around and maybe hit this article that I um, stopped. And then I'll just kind of, like, end the topic there. And Rod, of course, if, or anyone else, if you want, like, follow-up information for the next episode, just just hit me up, and I'll be happy to uh, expand on it another time when it's not midnight. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but... So the concept of hospitality is, is, is an important thing to keep in mind when we have these things in context, right? And um, <clears throat> so what it is, is for me, my observations, I'm sorry, I've got this, I'm trying to get comfortable. Um, in the West, particularly America, right? I'll just say from my experience in America, um, you know, if you have a guest, you have a housewarming party, you have, you know, house parties, things like that. Think about someone coming into your home, for example, right? Your job as a host is to welcome that person in and make that person feel comfortable in your environment. That's what a good host does, right? Or hostess does. So, you know, you come on in, hey, come on in, make yourself at home, right? Is kind of what people with good manners say make yourself at home you know i'm opening my door to you and i want you to feel as comfortable a good host or hostess makes that person feel as comfortable in my home as they would in their home of course you know not exactly but that's kind of what we tend to believe a good host or hostess does right so you're always as accommodating as possible but here's the important point on the guest's terms you know what i mean you're kind of hey you want to you know you want something to eat go ahead get something to eat you want to sit down go go for it like you know what i'm saying like i'm trying to make a relaxed comfortable atmosphere for my guests to be, enjoy my house my home that's in the west japan is very different and the concept of being a guest is very different. For me, when I think of a guest, a guest or any visitor is similar to an invading force into your um, your personal space to some degree. It's I see it as that. I don't think Japanese people quite see it that way, but how I view it as like any person coming into even what we say. Um, when we enter someone's house, we'll say like ojamashimas, meaning like an honorable form, like um, kind of um, sorry for intruding. It's kind of like that, right? Uh, similar to that. So from the break, a person is kind of seen as they're disturbing the natural uh, comfort of of someone's home situation. Um, I can think of a story I'd like to tell, but I just won't really. Okay, fuck it. I'll tell it. All right. I'll tell an abbreviated version, which I didn't really understand the concept context of it. It, it still makes me feel a bit uncomfortable talking about this story, even years later. I don't know why, because I felt I felt slighted um, in this situation at the time, and it really felt slighted for me. But um, now, years later, I can kind of understand the perspective. So long story short, I had this private student like years ago, this lady, nice lady. And, you know, at the time I was trying, to, my friend got it in my idea and I got it in my idea, hey, I'm going to be a computer engineer. I didn't really, I didn't have basic information about computers, but nothing specialized at all. And I was trying to like, you know, 
my cousin was like, hey, you could build a PC. And I was trying to like figure out building a PC. I failed miserably at it. I eventually got it working, but I had to take it into a shop. It was terrible, right? Again, this is one of the times where I was really in a negative place and and that's which probably contributed a lot to my feelings of being slighted in this situation. But um, so one of my private students, a nice lady, you know, she lived nearby where we had lessons. She was like, hey, I've got this um, this um, person doing a homestay here. She wants to use the Internet. But we don't have the Internet. Blah, blah, blah. Can you come over and take a look at my computer? And I was like, I don't really, you know, she's like, no, 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 it's fine. Just come on over. Come on over. My mistake in from from from, you know, from the jump, from putting myself trying to be helpful, but putting myself into a situation where I'm not an expert. That was my mistake, you know, and just in the West, you're like, OK, hey, I'll come over and we'll try and figure it out. Like I was still kind of in. I had been in Japan for a while. Um, I think uh, let me see. This was so uh, less than 10 years, um, about like six, seven years at that point. I thought I had Japan kind of figured out. But, um, yeah, so I go over and I'm having a little trouble with her internet settings. And, you know, I was like, hey, maybe we can get, you know, and this lady, really nice lady, but she was a very much over eager kind of like housewife type person. So she was like, hey, I was like, ah, maybe you can just run like a, a, a land cable upstairs. So she ran out and bought like a 50, like a 20 meter land cable. And we just trying to stretch it upstairs. It was, it was crazy. Right. Like we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> You know, I know that now, like I had no idea what I was doing, but you know, again, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be a junior engineer. I'm going to figure this shit out. Um, so I'm over this lady's house all day. Right. And then like the settings got all fucked up and then the internet went out and she's like, she's freaking out. Like, Oh my gosh, everyone's coming home. We got to figure this shit out. We got to fix it. And so we're calling the customer service people. And, and, and again, all of the instructions are in Japanese. The computer settings are in Japanese, which makes it, and I'm still studying Japanese at this point, which makes it even more difficult for me, you know? Um, and so, and I'm talking to her and she doesn't know shit about computers. And so like, I'm trying to like get her to translate the settings for me. And I'm trying to half figure out what the fuck is going on with the computer settings as we're doing it. Like it was just, again, like my mistake for putting myself in that situation. So her family starts coming home and the internet's out and they're like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like, who's this black guy? He's like, oh, this is Akil. Hey, I'm like, hey, you guys. I'm like fiddling around the computer. The internet's out, but he's fixing it. It's cool. And they're just like, what the fuck? You know, and I could, I could start to feel, um, and as more people come home, like, I think it was her, her husband, her son, and her daughter. And they left me alone. Like, you know, I was a little bit away from the TV and, you know, but I f could feel myself shrinking and getting smaller and hearing them whispering and quietly watching TV and, you know, her walking back and forth, uncomfortably laughing. And, you know, I felt so small in that moment. And, you know, even me recounting it really kind of hurts, you know, because I felt like and pro again, probably I felt inadequate on a lot of different levels. Uh, and now me talking through it, that's probably what it was. I felt inadequate language wise. I felt like an outsider. I felt, you know, um, again, the skills that I wanted to, that I thought I wanted to acquire again, trying to, I didn't want to be a teacher anymore and trying to get into it. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and I made a bigger mess and I'm trying to fix it and I can't, and I don't know how, and I could just feel these people judging me 
and it fucking sucked. You know, it really sucked. Um, and, and you can probably hear it in my voice. Like, you know, I'm going back to that moment. And it was like a really not fun situation. And so I, and I was there, like everyone's there for about an hour and I'm trying to get it done. And then eventually I forgot what, I forgot what happened, but I got it to some point and I was just like, look, I think you just need to call or some, some, someone either they just called it was like, yeah, fine, it's fine or something. And, um, I was like, all right. And so her husband gave me like a six pack of beer and was like, gave me a pedal on the shoulder. I was like, all right, thanks. And like, you know, and then I just had to like take the ride, bike ride home of shame. And I felt so fucking dirty. Like I felt so dirty. Like you have no idea how, and I was pissed off at them, you know, cause I was like, I was trying to fucking help you guys. And I feel like, you know, you're treating me like I'm fucking up your lives, you know? And I was just like so angry and so confused riding home and with this fuck. Of course, I drank the beer. <laughs> I drank the beer. I didn't throw it away, but I felt dirty drinking it, you know? Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it really was no fun. Now, putting that into context, and rethinking it, even though me going back to that moment, for me, again, I was in my skin, really felt bad. From their context, I can understand how they might have felt. Like, what's going on? Like, I come in expecting a peaceful situation in my house, and there's this foreign guy here, and he's doing something weird, and my wife is acting nervous, and what the fuck is going on? You know, and of course, like, if it was in America, people's natural reaction would be to come over and investigate and talk or even in Japanese. But Japanese people are non-confrontational like that. So they're going to, in the background, talk to her and complain to her. Like, what the fuck you doing? You know, and to me, and, and completely leave me out of the loop. And that's kind of what it's like here in Japan. And I feel like with the, with with with, the, with with foreign people coming in here, it gets like that sometimes. Like that, you know, um, the, okay, sorry, I got a little bit sidetracked. But the point I wanted to make about hospitality is here, it's really focused on the host. And the host or hostess appealing and, and saying, okay, this is my service for you. Like let's take the house party example. I've prepared all this stuff for you. I've made sushi for you, but I, I'm allergic to seafood. Damn it, I made it for you. Like, why are you got to be so rude? Like, you know, and, and that kind of my backlash kind of happen. It won't happen on the surface, but it can happen. Like, you know, oh, here's this nice dish. Well, I don't know how to use chopsticks. <sighs> like, you can, if you're up on Japanese people, you can kind of understand, like, why are you being so difficult? It's kind of like what um, the reaction would come out of Japanese people under the surface because you're disturbing the peace and the flow of what I want to present to you. And that's how the hospitality in here is in Japan. And that's why a lot of the conflicts between foreign people happen, in my opinion. And so what's been going on, I've noticed before this situation is it's been kind of again reaching a breaking point in certain situations. I believe it, it was even called like um, tourist pollution in, in translated in um, into Japanese where, you know, um, it's... I know this can sound really fucked up in English, but 
um, the amount of foreign tourists coming in kind of pollutes the places that they go. You're basically ruining the places that that they go to because there's just so many tourists there. You know, it's, it sounds really fucked up in English now that I think about it. But in, in Japanese, like the way it's trying, the way it's said in Japanese, it kind of makes more sense. But yeah, it can in English it can kind of translate to basically dirty tourists coming in and polluting the purity of different tourist sites with their foreignness. You know? <laughs> I know, but but in Japanese it doesn't sound that serious. It's just more like a play on words kind of thing. Um, but but in English it sounds pretty bad. Um, but that's kind of what's happened. And after the virus situation really popped off, you know that kind of feedback of like, okay, get them out of here. You know, is bubbling up a bit more. I feel like you know, and what the like I said, the predicament Japan is going to be in is because a lot of these areas have kind of really become even it's like a love-hate relationship like for example kyoto for example osaka these places like like let's just focus on kyoto which is you know really traditional cultural center of japan and is just over over i want for lack of a better word overrun with chinese tourists from what i hear but the economy has really become reliant on that. Like when I went, I was telling a student today, like when I went, like one of the most popular places there, when I went in like 2005 with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, there weren't any tourists there. We went there, we had the whole place to ourselves. We were running, like the, I forgot the name of the place with like all the, um, if, I'm sure if you look up pictures of Kyoto, you'll see the place with all the like gates lined up up this hill, this mountain, it's beautiful. And we were running all around the place. Like, you know, we were chasing each other around. We were young and in love, like having fun, you know, and, and, and there was no one there. But I hear now it's just like a million tourists there, not only Chinese, but but um, also uh, foreign as well. But a large percentage of Chinese tourists are there. And I can imagine now that percentage has dropped quite significantly. And what that means is that the economy that was in businesses, which have become extremely reliant on those tourists, tourists coming in year after year after year and have, you know, of course, tooled up and catered their services to them regardless of the fact whether they like or dislike the the changes that are happening to Kyoto they've kind of tooled up to accommodate those different tourists now that 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 number however if it's 10 20 30 40 50 I don't know how much it is but have dropped off significantly you know it significantly they've got to deal with that drop off and I'm sure that on one hand people are going are like ah yeah there's you know get these Chinese tourists out of here with their coronaviruses but if this situation drags on for you know another month another two months another five months another six months that's really going to do some damage to the Japanese to the tourist economy and I really want to see the tone that is taken um in the news with that and again everything here is really japan centric so it's people don't won't really take stock of their you know way of thinking of other people it's just more of we want the tourists now no wait there's too many okay we want them back but we don't want that many like you, you know people don't really think ahead here it's really much i was talking to my mother-in-law about a few about a different topic a few days ago but it really is What's my life like right now, today, 
and what is relevant to my I remember what we were, we were talking about because I was talking about um I was watching um yeah I was watching like a documentary about UFOs on Netflix and we were talking about it and, and I was telling her like you know I talked to Japanese people about UFOs about God about things like that and they're just like I don't know whatever no there's no aliens there's no God there's no nothing you know and and she was like yeah people don't really talk about that in Japanese because people really only focus on their what's relevant to their everyday life right now and you know that's it they don't want to think about anything else they have no desire to again that's a mainstream society so you know um you can't expect for example for me i don't expect like lessons to be learned like oh wow you guys we were really against all these tourists coming in and now they're gone and the economy's suffering we need to learn a lesson. No one's thinking like that. It's like, okay, they're gone. Yay. Oh, no, wait, shit. We're out of money. Fuck, we'll come back. Like, that's what's going to happen in a few months. And then, you know, it's just going to be a cycle that repeats itself. So I don't think, again, foresight is not really a strong point of Japanese society. And also hindsight isn't as well, in my opinion. You know, taking stock of the past and not repeat the lessons of the past is not really, you know, it's just more like today the past is gone okay that was that's over Whew. and the future is not here yet so fuck it you know this is kind of how people really deal with things so that's kind of how i think um things are now oh my goodness I'm, we're 30 minutes deep into this oh my lordy lordy goodness okay <laughs> okay um which brings me back to the article that i was looking for which is um japanese companies confront the reality of racial harassment and it's a japan today article it's a really interesting one um, I, again, I skimmed through it on my own, but it does talk about, um, you know, some, give some anecdotes about, uh, racial discrimination and things like that. And if you really read into it, a lot of these situations, what happens is, and I've heard it and seen it too, it's a lack of awareness of the existence of other races, you know? Um, and I'm, again, I'm not saying it to excuse it at all, uh, mm. But just me coming from America, I know what malicious racism sounds like. And I almost never hear it, you know, especially nowadays. You know, again, I don't hang around with like right. Probably if I was hanging around with like Japanese right wingers, like I would probably completely be a completely different topic. But just generally speaking, like the only time I would it would be some something offhand comment that I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the anecdotes was like someone blurting out, like, I hate Jap Chinese people or things like that. And I've heard people say it and I can tell like unexpectedly people saying it. We're just like, whoa, you would say some shit like that. But it's not for me. It sounds and I'm not making excuses for that type of speech, but it's not deep seated hatred. You know what I'm saying? It's more damn those motherfuckers it kind of comes out like that you know um like they're not japanese Urgh, they don't get it Urgh. it's kind of like those type of situations and that's you know like that's kind of what comes out and um if you really listen to some of the anecdotes here it's people saying things with a japan-centric way of thinking like of course this is japan of course you all understand me because this is japan and that people speaking without being aware of the existence of people outside of themselves and outside of their culture it's more of like a 
fucking ambivalence, you know, to every obliviousness. That's what the word I was looking for. It's just obliviousness to everything outside of your culture. It's just, it's really kind of weird. And again, it's up until this point, it hasn't been necessary, right? It, because on the backs of the, the strength of the Japanese economy after World War II, Japan was able to build itself up to the number two economy in the world, and it was on its way to becoming the number one economy in the world. And now it's number three, and it's probably going to slip to number four in the future. And, and, and But, you know, that Japanese pride is still there, and... and um, that is going to be, for me, a double-edged sword about living in Japan for Japanese people, right? And it's going to be one of the things that they're going to need to address in the future. But again, change happens here by force. It's not by foresight. So this situation, the Olympic situation, is not going to be the straw that broke the, that breaks the camel's back that makes Japanese society take a long, hard look at itself. It's going to be some situations that happen 10 20 maybe even 30 years in the future where the society is literally on the brink of fucking crisis and the guy be like okay damn it we we got to make some decisions probably going to be hasty panic decisions but you know um yeah perspective of the general public public is going to change i mean the governmental decisions will be hasty panic decisions but generally the 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 way of thinking of the public is going to have to change and and is they're just not there yet they're just not um, because they don't have to be because the vast majority of people can live their lives in a very Japanese way without, without you know, um, being affected by people of other countries, of other cultures. And if they are, it does, it happens at their own pace and at their own choosing in a very Japanese context. And that's how I would kind of summarize the relationship between Japan and foreign people. You know, it is very much on their terms in Japan and yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to end that there. Again, take a look at the articles that I mentioned before. Um, I didn't really touch on the Carlos Gone thing, but the article very much um, summarizes him. And if you really think about the one of the themes in that article, Carlos Gone was too big not to fail, was him doing things in a very foreign way. You know, what, you know, he was in a very Japanese situ situation doing very non-Japanese things. And, you know, he that's what happened. So, um you can, you know, again disturbing the peace that we've talked about it before, the atmosphere of Japan. So, that's kind of how that is. Okay. Who that was a, that was a, that was a big chunk, right? Um, I'm just going to very quickly touch on, um, our product for today, which is the lemon squash gummies. These are good from Sakura Mart. Of course, these are really good. I've eaten, they're fucking sour, man. Like, <laughs> that's all I can say. They, these are kind of sour. They got some little sour, my, my mouth is watering up even thinking about eating these things. I like them. I like sour shit. Um, but yeah, if if you if you're into sweets and candies, just just throw a couple of these in sour ones. Throw a couple of these in. Um, they're a little bit different than sweet tarts um, or sugar babies. If you live in America, they're different from those. But it is only lemon flavor. So um, yeah, just enjoy them. Check them out. Mm. All right, all right, okay. So um, what I've got for you all? Let me see. I did that. I did that. I did that. Okay. I had another article that I wanted to get to, but I just don't have... Again, we're going to push that one. Um, a cultural article back for the next episode. Don't worry. I'll get to it, you guys. 
But um, before I get out of here, I wanted to talk about nightclubbing. I told you um, we were going to talk about it last time. So what I did is just put up a, a quick list of um, the best clubs in Tokyo 2020 list. Um, I just skimmed through it. Just to, It's not a long list, but it's just a few clubs and a few areas in Tokyo that I'm kind of familiar with. And so I'll just kind of give my impressions of them. Uh, what I've heard again, I haven't been on the clubbing scene in quite some time, so you're not going to get the up, the latest up to date information from me. But you know, we'll see. So okay, here we go. So the first one is a dead link. Lex Tokyo might be closed because their website's not working. I don't know really. Never. I gotta see like some pictures of it. Oh, let me Google this. Let me let me Google this thing on my phone right now because. Yeah, I gotta know. Oh shit, the Lexington Queen is that the Lexington Queen? They're talking about. Uh, and probably is the Lexington Queen. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's the fucking Lex. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah, it's the Lex. Oh my gosh, this shit. What? What the fuck? I'm I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it's the the new. Oh shit, they changed this thing so um this used to be wow I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry this is crazy this i'm i'm just fuck like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry you guys i know you're like what the fuck is he talking about but basically um there what the fuck okay <laughs> sorry i'm sorry okay this place the first link i kind of figured out what's going on is this place called uh lex tokyo or new lex tokyo the link on the on the website i found is broken but if you google it i'm not sure if it's still open but this place used to be if i think it's the place i'm thinking it is it used to be called the lexington queen um in tokyo and it when I first came to Japan, like in 2004, 2005, what it was, it was like this kind of grungy little bar um, kind of club thing for younger people. And what it was, it was basically um, all you can drink all night club. Um, yeah. And you just go in there. You can kind of. So me and coworkers from where I um, worked would go there sometimes. A few, I went a few times with some of my coworkers at the time. It was like an all night club. So you go there. We're going to Lex all night. And, you know, um, you could uh, <laughs> you could basically um, negotiate the. Per I forgot how much this shit was. This is like again, this is like 15 years, 16 years ago. But um, you could negotiate the price with the guy at the door. And you went in and you could just fucking basically just dance and drink all night. You had to pretty much because you could once you were in there, you were basically locked in this fucking basement until five o'clock in the morning. And, you know, at 22, 23 years old, that's fucking awesome because I could just fucking get wasted all night um, and dance around and, and stuff. And, you know, uh, then by three, four o'clock in the morning, you're, you're like meeting people and, you know, you're trying to like, you you watching your coworkers trying to like tongue and tongue down some, some chick in the corner and all the female coworkers are pissed off because they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah is doing something. Yeah. It was fun times, but apparently this place has kind of changed their image. Um, and they're the Lex Tokyo now. Um, so I have completely no new information based on that. Um, but I have memories of some very hazy memories of my first few nights, all nights out into on night out ventures in Tokyo. Um, 
V. What is this next place called? V. What is this shit? V2. I don't really know about this. The link is broken to the website. The website's not really. Again, clubs, especially nowadays in Tokyo, is a lot of high or a lot of turnover. So, um, I can't really speak too much on it. Again, um, uh, is this? I think I have been here. Uh, uh, if this is the place, I think. Uh, uh, fuck. Okay, I don't think I've been here. Maybe, maybe I have. Uh, at the end of a night, it's not too clear. It's not coming in too clear. My reception is not coming in too clear, you guys. So, um, yeah, I think I know. I think I know where this place is, and I think I've been here once, but it was at the tail end of a long night, so I can't really speak on it. Um, East again, I, I pretty much a lot of these places. I just gotta check the website. Um, East Spirit, Tokyo. Again, these are all in Rapungi, which is kind of like the main nightlife kind of place to go. I think this is another place that you, that got changed. The name changed. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it is. I forgot what the fucking. Yeah, because I passed it a few days ago. Um. I forgot the name of it. It used to be like Flower. Um, this this location again. The ownership changed. This club, if this is a club, this is the same building where, um, not the same club, but in that building on a lower level, I think six seven years ago, a yakuza affiliated guy got beat to death with pipes. Um, again, that's a very random. That's a very 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 random situation i know even though i know a few episodes ago you heard me talk about like the rumor of how vanilla clothes and there's a lot of like gang related beatings but i've never seen one personally it was just on the news but i think it was flower i want to say flower that I, I i liked that club actually um in this building um it was like clubs on different levels but that in that club um yeah they just rolled in beat up a dude and killed him and after that the club was closed and probably ownership changed and reopened after several years but um this club i think i remember every time i used to go there i think this place is a fucking death trap because <laughs> it's a fire death trap because you're up like on like the fifth or sixth floor it's like one exit one ele you know one way to get in um, it's like hundreds of people in there. I'm like, if there's a fire in this building, everyone is fucked. Like, it's all I could think. You know, if you go in a lot of places, that's what you'll probably be thinking in Tokyo. But don't let that ruin a good night out. Um, six, I don't know. Color, I've never been to. Again, a, a lot of these places are... Um, uh, yeah, I've never been to this place. The, the, you know, they've, they've under, they get, the ownership changes... They get under new shit and and yeah, it gets all crazy. So so it might be the same place, but just it looks different than I because I haven't been out in so long to a lot of these places. I won't really go to anywhere new that I don't know nowadays, un unless like it's got to be some place that's like really certified. I'm going with people who are like you know really know about that place or for a special occasion. So I'm not taking any risks with my nightlife anymore. Um, L, I don't know. Muse is is one of the uh, mainstay places in the Rapungi area. It's a bit of a walk from the main entrance. You're going to have to have some type of form of ID. I believe they turn people away without passports or some shit. You got to check. But um, I forgot. Again, I haven't been there in, in such a long time. And probably the last time I was there, 
yeah, they do system and ID check. So you're going to have to, most most places, you're not going to need your ID. But Muse, you're definitely going to need the ID to get in there. Um, and the bar t- the bouncers can be a bit assholish. If That's why I didn't really like the place anymore. One night, the ass- b- b- bouncers were a bit of assholes for me. And I was just like, man, fuck this place. So, <laughs> so that was the last time I wanted to go there. Um, <laughs> yeah, A-Life... Um, a life. I'm trying to remember where A life is. Have I even been to A life? I know I've been to A life, but what the fuck is it? Oh yeah, this fucking A life is where I think it is. Um, one second, one second, one second. Give me a second. Sorry, you guys. I should have looked at. Yeah, is this is where I think it is. Maybe I haven't been to A-Life for a long time, so uh, I kind of think I know where A-Life is, but I'm not going to throw it out there. Just be, you know, again, it's fuzzy, but I think I had a good time at A-Life in the past, but again, it's long nights. It's been a while. Shibuya, where I spent a lot of my 20s, is number two. Womb, great place. Camelot, I went actually stumbled upon that place the night it opened, which was dope. And so it wasn't that crowded. This is like fucking 10 years ago. And the dudes were giving out flowers, flyers for it, got it free. Used to be able to get it free. Now it's pretty crowded. The basement is like techno kind of shit. They have like hip hop kind of night and stuff like that upstairs. Um, if you're going to Shibuya and want to do some all night clubbing, that's definitely a solid place to go. Womb is more like a house kind of thing. Adam, which is more towards the Daikanyama area, which is. Um, Smaller kind of club, um, but pretty chill vibe. Harlem, which used to not, I'd say Harlem would probably be one of the best places to go to. I checked it out. Now their website is in English. So for some time, for a long time, when I first got here, foreign people were not allowed in there. But I think they've changed their policy up. So definitely hit that up if you want to go. Club Asia, I've never been in there. Never want to go in there. <laughs> I've heard it's just more like a rock and roll kind of pop top 40 type place. It's just not my vibe. And it's a pickup place. So I hate to say it if you're white, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it. But if if you're white and you want to like kind of if you're a dude and you want to or if you're a woman, too, and you want to um, get with some try to hook up with someone that might in, in your in your and you're under 30, that might be a place to go to um, again. Like I said, things are very stereotypical here. Me as a black guy, if I'm single, I'm not going. Club Asia is not the first place I'm going to to try and get some love. It's going to be to Harlem. You know, it's going to be uh, to another, maybe even to Camelot, but not in Club Asia. Just my impression. Shinkiba is Ageha. Ageha is like the biggest club in the Tokyo area. I have never been there, and I think the window for me to go there has passed. Just because it's so far, you got to take a bus. It's all the way out there. And, like, um, I'm fucking 30, 38 now. Like, you know, um, but before my 20s, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go out there. I only go if someone comes to visit or I got a special reason to go out there. And that reason never came, so I just never went. And now I'm to the age where, like, I am, man, there's no way I'm going out until, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, taking a fucking bus 20 minutes. Like, fuck that. <laughs> That's just not happening. Just a party somewhere. 
So, um, but check out these places, whether you're interested in coming to Tokyo or not. Um, you know, if you just want to get a feel for what the nightlife is here, we've got YouTube, Google the club names, Google their, you know, Google, Google them on, or YouTube, search them on YouTube. And for shits and giggles, you'll be able to find out a bit about them. So check that out. Tell me what you think. All right. So let me, let me wrap things up right there for tonight. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's almost one o'clock in the morning. I wanted to record one more thing, but I think I'm just gonna call it a night right here because it seems like I got a pretty pretty busy day tomorrow, and I gotta upload this tomorrow too. So, all right, y'all, I'm gonna just end it here. Next next time, I got some more goodies in the goodie bag for you. Another pretty extensive list that I've been saving. I've been using this at work as well, and I think you're gonna enjoy it. So I'll tease that for you in the next episode. So all right, y'all, holla at you soon. Peace.